Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the DDP. I am Paul White. It is the 23rd day of June. I remind you this weekend is our monthly meetings in Chapin, South Carolina on Friday night, the 23rd at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and on Sunday afternoon, the 25th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, we will be in Flowery Branch. I'm sorry, the 26th, 24th. 24th is Friday, 26th is Sunday. Get your dates right, Paul. That's right. Um, It's the 23rd today. All right. All is well. Anyhow, if you're in the North Georgia area, we're we're meeting on Sunday. If you're in the uh, Columbia, South Carolina area, we're meeting in Chapin on Friday. Love to have you with us at any of these meetings. And we do have some drop-ins once in a while. Some of you who listen and you're traveling through this part of the world, uh, you we've had more, more multiple times when new people would show up just out of the blue and say, I've listened and thought we'd join you this weekend. That's always exciting for me and always a thrill for the groups that we have to get to meet you. And we'd love to see you if, um, if you're in the area. Okay, of course, we record those encounters, the sermon part of it, and we will post those for all the audience so that you can sort of be there without being there and and get in on the goodness of uh, the word that's coming out. Today, I want to go back into this passage from 1 Timothy 6, where Paul, beginning in verse 3, talks about anyone teaching otherwise. And he doesn't say anyone teaching other than what I teach, but he says if they're teaching other than that which doesn't consent to wholesome words and... uh, the wholesome words of our Lord Jesus and the doctrine of the cords with godliness. Then he says the guy's proud, he knows nothing, he's obsessed with disputes, arguments. A lot of stuff in here, and it's one of those passages that kind of stretch on for a while. And the way that the it's worded, which even though I'm reading to you, New King James, is still a little, a little antiquated. So sometimes you can kind of dr- just kind of drift as you're reading it and not really catch the import. Let me read to you from David Bentley Hart's translation here. I, I consider Hart one of the better, one of the brightest Greek scholars writing today. Listen to his translation of 1 Timothy 6, 3. And I'll read 3 through about 5. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to these sound words, which are those of our Lord Jesus the anointed, and to the teaching that accords with piety, he has become deluded with arrogance, understanding nothing, But he has a sickness for controversies and verbal battles from which come envy, strife, blasphemies, wicked suspicions, constant quarrels by men of corrupt mind and deprived of the truth, supposing piety to be a means of gaining a livelihood, withdraw from such men. Now, you could feel a little different tone in there. And I think for me, what really jumps out Become, these are deluded with arrogance. They don't understand anything. They have a sickness for controversy. That is a phrase that has popped off the page at me because I have been that guy. I have been the guy. And I, it's been a while, granted. And in fact, so long that a lot of you probably listen to me say that and go, eh, that's not the impression I get from you, Paul, to which I would say, thank you, Jesus. But I've been that guy that had a sickness for controversy and verbal battle. I wanted to stir the stink. I wanted to get into it. I wanted to argue scripture and doctrine and topics and go at it. And out of that, 
Paul says, comes envy, strife, blasphemy, wicked suspicion, and a constant quarrels by men of corrupt mind deprived of the truth. I, I hope I'm not there at all. Um, I don't think that I am, and I'm praying for constant and continuous transformation. And the reason why I don't want to be there is I, I don't know of a truer statement than what Paul says right here is when is that we can become deluded with our own arrogance. We think we understand stuff, but we don't. What we really have is a sickness for controversy and verbal battle. I think that the proliferation of technology has made it more convenient to involve ourselves in these controversies and verbal battles in in formats like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter we can involve ourselves in the conversation that other people are having we can throw our two cents in and when you have there's no investment there's no real cost either um, you've, you've heard me say before I think maybe a good idea would be to if, if it cost you, say, a nickel every time you posted to Twitter or you responded, you might do that a little bit, but at some point you would stop doing it recklessly, especially when you look down and realize that your comments were now running you $5, $10, You might go, hmm, I don't, I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> uh, maybe it should be more than a nickel. I don't know. But my, my point there is that when there's no investment, when there's no cost, to throwing something in, it becomes easy to throw in that which you haven't wrestled with. And so you could just throw in opinions and emotions, and then we then we start to defend opinions and emotions. And I think we've become a little bit infatuated with controversy. And we have what Hart calls a sickness for controversy. Um, and that's obsessed with disputes, by the way, in the New King James. Obsessed with disputes and arguments over words. And maybe it's it's also showing in the way that we are headline driven, but we're headline driven towards the negative, towards all these salacious stories and scandals, and we want to hear the inside dirt. And I even have a suspicion that we have masked our desire to hear dirt. We've tried to clean it up by saying we're on a search for truth. We say we want to, We want the truth. We want to. We want to live in a world where there's truth. We don't. We don't want this fake stuff. We want to go find the real thing. And in some ways, it's become almost a buzzword that we can use to cover up the fact that we want to go find a bunch of problems. And I'm not advocating head in the sand style investigation, like you just let whatever go. But we. We need to take serious this idea that there are sound words that are of the Lord Jesus, the anointing, the anointed, and a teaching that accords to that. And outside of that, particularly when it's coming from the pulpit, and it leads us into a sickness for controversy, and all we want to do is get into verbal battles— don't be surprised when envy, strife, blasphemies, wicked suspicion, and constant quarrels start coming out of your Christianity. This is why sometimes we need a reset on our diet. And I have found that if I'm listening to a ministry, and I don't care who they are, and I've had ministries I love and respect that I've had to turn off, and I've turned others on 
that I would have never thought I would turn on. But I've had to turn them off because controversy and verbal battle starts to come out of it. It starts to be an attack on something or somebody. And I can only sit for so long in that before I start finding myself full of envy and strife and wicked suspicion and constant quarrels. And we need to be careful about that. There's a phrase there that um, they suppose godliness is a means of gain. I want to get into that tomorrow. uh, And then we'll speed up a little bit as we get on into this. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.